Welcome to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Kantar, the world's leading marketing data and analytics company, and Side Business School, University of Oxford. In each episode, we speak with marketing leaders and share insights to help brands and business leaders navigate the ever-changing marketing landscape and hopefully dispel some myths and misconceptions along the way. I'm Jane Osler, and I'm EVP Global Thought Leadership at Kantar. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Our guests on the Future Proof podcast today are Alfonso Calatrava, who is third-party measurement specialist for the EMEA region at Meta, and Kerry Cork, who is global media director for the World Panel Division at Kantar. So welcome to you both. Um, well, let's start with Alfonso, first of all. What does third-party measurement specialist mean? What, what do you do in your role? Hi, Jen, and thanks for having me. So, yes, third-party measurement specialist sounds like a very broad. You know, there are a lot of different solutions that are under this uh, third-party measurement area. So, basically, from cross-media reach, uh, attribution, MMM, uh, brand leaf, all those solutions that we, uh, you know, run with partners like you, I am responsible of basically, you know, getting the most out of it and making sure that our advertisers, our clients can benefit from having a wide range of different solutions to optimize their advertising investment within the cross-media uh, context. So this is basically my role. Uh, yeah, I'm very, very happy, glad to be here and looking forward to our conversation today. Great. And Kerry, at World Panel, you're working closely with Meta and many other clients. Tell us a bit about your role. Sure. Um, hi, Jane. Hi, Alfonso. I'm very delighted to be here. So, um, so yes, as you pointed out, I work for the World Panel division of the Kantar uh, business. And um, I guess our expertise is best summed up by uh, effectively understanding the consumer shop- shopping behavior of, uh, of individuals across a variety of countries. And we do that using continuous tracking panels. Um, so we do that in lots of different industries, such as beauty, such as entertainment. But our core service um, is FMCG. So it's understanding the behavior of people in the grocery industry. And we do that in, across 50, uh, 50 plus countries. Um, perhaps what's a bit less well known is that we can also use that same data as a basis for understanding the effectiveness of advertising. And um, so whether that be understanding um 
the profile of consumers in terms of their media consumption, whether that's building segments um, based on purchasing data for advertising via digital or TV streams, or as is the case of the study we're going to talk about today, is understanding how people responded from seeing advertising. And that's basically my role. So I look after the media effectiveness offers within the World Panel Division. Fantastic. Well, it's definitely a busy time as as usual for digital marketing and digital advertising. Um, it's been through quite a few evolutions and, and revolutions so far, but a really current topic yet again is the realisation that digital can and should be used for brand building and is very effective at doing so. It's something that we've been proving for years at Cantar. In fact, if I tell you we've been proving it for 25 years, some of you might not believe me, but we, we certainly have. Um, but there's also the balance with, you know, sort of short term and, and performance marketing. So I'm going to ask you, Alfonso, what is your view on how those two elements work together? There's a lot of talk about it, but what do you think at Meta? Yeah, I think this is one of the biggest questions that we have in the industry. My, my point of view is that this need of having a proper balance between performance, short-term sales uh, generation and brand building is something that has been relevant from, from, you know, during many years since the beginning of digital marketing. But there are two key things that changed in the last years. One is the role of, of the media. So you mentioned it before. Uh, you know, now uh, advertisers start to understand that there is a huge opportunity on brand building basing on digital media. So there are new formats, new video formats, new ways to connecting with your consumers that cannot only work for short-term sales. It's also a massive opportunity to drive meaningful connections between consumers and brands. So that the role of, of media has changed. The way advertisers understand each media has changed. And this is the first thing that I, that I wanted to highlight as one of the key elements that are, that, that came to this uh, topic. And the second one is measurement, our topic for today. So my perception is that and in this focus that we had in the past on ROI, so trying to demonstrate that every single dollar that you are investing on digital media has to provide a strong return on, on sales. This is obviously relevant for certain type of campaigns, but if we are only looking at this way of understanding the, the impact of advertising, we are basically reducing the potential of, of advertising to drive brand growth, to be able to drive brand, uh, uh, growth in penetration for brands. You are basically always reaching the same profile of audience who are the ones that you know has like a higher likability to respond positively to your advertising, but you are no, you are not exploring new audiences that would help grow your brand in future. So for me, those are the two key elements that came into the topic and basically the focus that we are having today in order to demonstrate that the impact of digital media can go much farther than just only driving short-term sales. Yeah, and Kerry, what's your view on that? Because obviously there's there's various ways that targeting can happen. Um, what, what, what's, what's World Panel's view on, on how digital marketing is, is evolving? 
Yeah, I mean, I think our our position effectively is you need as many people liking your brand as possible. So whatever you need to do that to 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 realise that is what's going to drive growth. So we know the more people that like you, the more people that buy you, the more the bigger your brand is. So I don't think you can ever look at one thing in isolation. Um, you know, you don't make a meal just with potatoes. You've always got other things that are complementing the other parts of that meal. And I think it's the same here. So if you just look at sales, um, that that tells you the success. But a brand is built on more than just, you know, visibility and awareness in the store. How do you remind people to do that? How do you build the brand? How do you, this is the interesting one as well, which we'll talk a bit about towards the end, is how do you encourage a, a consumer to pay extra for your brand when it looks similar on the shelf to an own label? You know, so whatever you need to do to make that product appealing is, is important. You can't write anything off, whether it's... Um, a functional advert or whether the creative of the advert um, is at play as well. And I think both don't look at anything in isolation. Both are very relevant. I wanted to, to mention one uh, data point that came from this uh, study that Kerry mentioned before that we ran together. Very, very uh, related or, or you know, uh, linked to this idea of media, digital media being able to drive brand growth, which is the fact that According to this analysis, we saw that Meta has strong capabilities to drive uh, new brand brand buyers. So this is a very relevant uh, insight because, I mean, the power of targeting, you can use this power of targeting of digital media in two ways. One, as I mentioned before, is basically about making sure you are uh, uh, reaching the intended audience, meaning those that are closer to your brand. Probably in terms of ROI, it's going to be, good in terms of you know proving the positive results but in terms of brand growth it will it will be limited the, the potential of growth of your brand so in this analysis what we saw is that 31 percent of the sales driven by meta were coming from new buyers meaning that many advertisers in the cpg industry have started using meta or, or targeting capabilities within meta to try to address new brand buyers, not only to address those that are currently purchasing your brand. And in comparison with television, this 31% was much higher because this percentage for television was 12%. So I think this is a very, very good insight in terms of how advertisers are shifting the way they plan on digital media like Meta, trying to reach those new brand buyers. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. And, and, you know, and let's, let's talk a bit more about this because I think in this study, what, what, um, what we, what we were trying to, um, show was how, um, Meta in this case could drive incremental sales. And as we know, that is a foundational point, as Kerry mentioned about how brands can grow, which is just simply reaching, reaching more people. So I was going to ask Kerry just to tell us a little bit about the study, um, that we've referred to, Kerry. Tell us about the shopper panel, how we used it in this situation. How did we do this study for Meta? Sure. So um, at World Panel, as I mentioned at the beginning, we're always looking to understand the shopping behaviour of real people, who they are, what they buy, how much they pay for it, and of course, where they bought it. So we do this with a representative sample of that particular country. As I said, we're in approximately 50, 55 countries currently. Um, and we track for each panelist um, their daily purchasing records at SKU level. 
So this provides the FMCG industry um, with the ability to understand what their consumers are doing. So for retailers, um, they know what other stores their consumers are shopping at. For brands, they know what's in the wider repertoire of that consumer. What else are they buying um, you know, in terms of their shopping basket? And this really forms the basis of our media service. So the reason that that's important is because we want to understand how seeing marketing messages influences individuals buying behavior. And you have to know what each individual bought before um, so that you can tease out the impact of the advertising message from other factors such as promotion, such as, such as habit, um, such as distribution changes. So, What's important, of course, is we have to overlay that um, on that behavior, the media consumption behavior of, of each individuals. So it is true single source. It's the same person's shopping behavior and their media consumption. And we capture that media consumption in a number of different ways. It is cross media. So it would be things such as ad, tag ad tagging, um, questioning panelists to understand typical media consumption, or in the case of uh, Meta, um, who we've had a long-standing partnership with, a direct, fully consented panelist match. So we collect the data in different ways. And the approach, particularly this sort of single source view, is critical because what it allows is the ability to understand the effect of each incremental ad exposure on each individual's probability of buying. So to go back to the point that Alfonso made, it's being able to understand that incremental value of different channels, being able to understand the incremental value of each additional exposure. Um, so for this particular study, um, for Meta, as Alfonso said, it was really key to understand that incremental value of advertising on Meta platforms. We conducted um, the analysis covering 112 ad campaigns across a variety of FMCG categories in three countries, France, Spain and GB. Um, it covered a variety of brands because we wanted to try and get the mix of representation between small and larger brands to understand if there was a difference. Um, and it was in more than 75% included a TV, um, TV part of the campaign as well. So it was cross media and the, and the analysis period was, was four years. So as mentioned, the, um, main objectives from our side is because we're tracking the shopping behavior as the core, we're looking to understand the sales outcome, the return on investment, and how specifically consumers are responding, which is critical to the running theme of what we've been talking about is, is it bringing in new buyers to the brand? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Okay, thank you, Kerry. That's that's super helpful. Al Alfonso, is there anything else you'd like to highlight that we've learned from this study that Meta has taken out from this study? I would just mention two things because I th I feel this study uh, is very very uh, a good ex a good ex uh, example of our approach to measurements. So there are two uh, key elements here. The first one. We always say that measurement should be about proving impact of media on true business outcomes. There are many metrics that you can measure, but true business outcomes, meaning it could be brand growth, it could be sales in this case. So making sure that we are focusing on the metrics that really matters. And for us, I mean, for, for different vertical, let's say travel, we have the ability with our technology to track uh, purchase uh, in digital in digital uh, media and in for this vertical digital purchases represent a huge amount of total purchases but there are other uh, verticals like CPG F FMCG that we don't have this ability and we need to partner with with companies like like Cantar in this case to help us make the connection between the online exposure and the purchase uh, and the and the purchase in digital in sorry in physical stores so this is a key element, being able to prove that after being exposed to digital advertising, there is an impact on, on, on actual purchase. This is one key element. And the second one is about the value that measurement has to our advertisers. So there are, there is one, one basic element, which is about proving that Meta can drive sales. So there is one data in the, in the study saying that we, Meta, return 2.1 uh, euros per euro invested. This is very good, very positive. We are very happy with this result. But this is just the beginning. What we really want to do is help advertisers understand how can they get the most out of their meta investment. So those sections in the, in the report where we analyze the impact of different creative, the impact of different video formats, the impact of different frequency levels, the optimal uh, investment level across the different, I mean, across the media mix, those opportunities for understanding to get insight into how they can optimize their advertising investment, you know, with a cross-media perspective, this is uh, for us the key value that we, we, we have out of this uh, type of exercises. Yeah. Interestingly, Alfonso, you've highlighted a couple of things that's really stood out to me. Um, so, uh, let me chuck a couple of figures on that because it first of all the study was in, really showed how powerful um, advertising on digital on meta in particular is in driving a incremental penetration as you pointed out but also sales you know we saw a, approximately 300,000 euros on average more incremental sales because of advertising on meta we saw 80% of the campaigns yielding a positive return on investment you know, via Meta. But I, I, I found those points really interesting as well, Alfonso, because it was the mixing formats. So maybe this goes a bit towards the importance of brand building, the importance of creative as well, and the role that that can play. Because the video and static delivered on average across the three countries, 100K more um, or on average better sales because of that mix of format. And then to your point about, um, and I think this is a really important message for advertisers because Obviously, everybody's budget's different for advertisers and, um, you know, being able to find budget for advertising, especially in, in the current times, is really difficult. But what we were able to see in the in the study that we conducted is that there was a sort of recommended weekly frequency of exposures 
for advertising on Meta. We're not, it's not just a case of it's really good to advertise on Meta. The actual optimum is 1.5 times a week. If you, and, and obviously the ability for, for um, digital and, be, and understanding who your users are, it becomes more cost effective to be able to find those people and ensure they're being reached 1.5. The cutoff is one. So you can almost say to all of the advertisers, you, you look, if, you can, if you can find the budget for one advert per week on, on digital platforms, on Meta in this case, this is the kind of return that you can get. So I found it's funny that you pointed that out, Alfonso, as well, because I really thought they, they stood out, those points. Yeah, and I think it's super interesting that you're highlighting frequency there, um, Kerry, as well, because it's a much kind of under-leveraged tool in the media armour. It's really fundamental and it's really basic. Um, whether you're looking at, you know, um, performance marketing or, or brand building is getting getting the frequency right because, you know, it's, it's easy to um, over-deliver advertising. And we know from our media reactions research that um, that's something that actually puts consumers off ads when they when their perception is that you know there's excessive frequency. So it's a really important fundamental um, to get right. So now I'm going to move on to the inevitable topic of AI, artificial intelligence. Um, everybody at Cannes seem to be talking about it in some way or other, and ultimately it depends on the business you're in, the category you're in, and you know the impact of AI behind the scenes is going to be greater or or lesser, but certainly there's a great deal of experimentation. Um, but I have to say at Cantar, we have been using um, AI for a few years now, both uh, in our solutions and um, and more sort of behind the scenes. Link AI, for example, um, is our ad testing solution, and it uses a database of over a quarter of a million ads that have been opined on by real humans. So it's high quality data sets that our, our predictive data is, found, is founded on. And our brand now solution, which is um, syndicated tracking, also uses AI as well behind the scenes. That's just a couple of examples. But I wanted to hear from you, Alfonso, about what you think. Um, how is Meta harnessing AI? Yeah, this is, this is a, a huge hot topic, as you said. But actually, if we if we think about Meta, I mean, uh, artificial intelligence has been at the core of the company's success since the beginning of, of Facebook. Basically, the development of product like Facebook or Instagram is based on machine learning algorithms that allows to align, uh, you know, interest content with people in order to increase the relevancy of the connections that uh, users are having in our platforms. And all of this is based on artificial intelligence. As we know, the company uh, communicated that it will be a huge area of investment for us in the next five, 10 years. Uh, there are a lot of uh, you know, new product development that will come uh, very soon and plans that we are having for the next years, as I mentioned, if we think more specifically about advertising, uh, I would say there are two main areas where I feel uh, uh, artificial intelligence will drive strong impact in the, in the next years. One is targeting. Basically, uh, I think advanced technologies, artificial intelligence will allow us as an, as an industry to keep driving the same level of granularity that we have for targeting for measurement without having to use any personal data as input. 
And this is obviously a huge development that will drive a lot of benefit for both advertisers and users. And the second one is creative. So we talk a lot about uh, virtual reality. I think there will be a huge amount of new opportunities for brands to drive meaningful connections with uh, users that basically, I mean, with consumers that will basically make advertising even, even more eff effective and impactful in the years to come. I think that's right. And also, um, it's interesting to note that actually some of the things that we've been doing for TV advertising, which is looking at quite early stage ideas and storyboard ideas, for example, which we can already test, are now starting to be looked at um, with um, AI. So how can you shape and improve ads, particularly digital ads at an earlier stage using AI, I think will be a really, really interesting development in, in the months and years to come. So let's continue talking a bit more about targeting, but let's look at the future um, at the same time. And we've spoken about performance and brand building. And in a way, I think many people now agree in the industry that the divide is actually rather an artificial one because there are things that you need to do, whatever kind of advertising you're doing, you know, having your distinctive brand assets being consistent across all your communications is vital. And, you know, we have the other, you know, developments on the horizon, such as cookie deprecation, for example, which is long awaited, but still still could happen. Um, so let's talk about trends in targeting in, in particular. I'm going to ask you, Kerry, what your take on that is. What are, the, what are the interesting ways you're seeing of targeting but without using personally identifiable information? Of course, it is around the cookie deprecation and planning for the future, but there's also a capability. And, you know, in some countries, the capability and the data that's available is not as strong as it is in other countries. So even if you have that ability to directly target and you've got that matching you know, possibility for, via PII, via personal data, it doesn't even it doesn't necessarily mean that the data that exists in certain countries is even capable of doing that. So you do have to be, I think, quite flexible to think, how can we, you you know, meet client needs given the environment in this particular country. So, I mean, for me, I think the answer is um, there is no one answer. So I think that you know, what makes the best targeting is the, is only the data that feeds it. So if you've got more data, whilst you may not be doing direct matching, if you've got more data that you understand, the ability to profile and understand consumers across lots of different metrics, whether that be purchasing, of course, which is where the World Panel team specialise, but also attitudes, also, you know, deeper demographics, the more that you can understand about the types of people that you're, you, that you're trying to reach, the more that you can bring that data together in a combined way it's a stronger ability that you have to be able to reach the people that you want to reach so I think it's finding the right data making the data hooks across different data sources to ensure that it's as reliable as possible I think you can still reach the people that you need to reach you can still adapt to some of the changes that the industry is demanding around you know targeting people individually and you know that kind of thing so I feel the answer lies in data, but I think our responsibility as marketers, as researchers, is to find it and do it in the right way using the best quality data. So it's not just chucking data at it, it's finding the right data and finding the links across them. Great. And Alfonso, tell us a bit about the future of targeting from your point of view, from Meta's point of view. Where's it all going? Yeah, I think I, I briefly touched it in my, in my comment before, and I'm not going to talk about 
the feature, you know, meaning long ter- long term feature, but about things that we are seeing now in the present. So there are many companies that have started to leverage different artificial intelligence power techniques to basically unlock the full potential of big data to get access to relevant relevant information for their businesses without affecting privacy privacy of their users or consumers. And of course, one of the most common use cases is targeting. At Meta, we start exploring the use of PET, PET, meaning privacy enhancing technologies, which are a set of uh, technologies that use different computational and mathematical approaches with this same objective that I mentioned before, essentially to be able to extract data extract data value to unleash its full potential also for targeting purposes without impacting uh, uh, people's privacy. So basically the way I see the future of targeting also for our company is basically that the use of advanced technologies will enable us to maintain this very granular approach to targeting without using any PII, personal uh, information, uh, data as input. So being able to balance or combine granularity with privacy uh, control in an optimal way. You've been listening to Future Proof from Kantar and Side Business School. For all episodes and more information, visit kantar.com or oxfordfutureofmarketing.com. If you enjoyed this, please leave a rating and a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. 